we'll dive into conversations about food, fitness, stress, career, and family. We'll learn from each other, feel more connected, and we'll explore ways to design a life you love. So what are you waiting for? Keep listening for tips, tricks, and fun facts about feeling good, looking good, and living better. And don't forget to bring a snack. This is a Side of Syrup podcast. Hi guys, I am thrilled today to bring you Brooke Lawler of Be Here. Brooke and I have been friends for quite a long time. We had a similar life path of working in the same industry, having kids, boys at the same time. Um, Now we're both mamas of three and doing our own thing. And Brooke is someone who I have always looked up to, even though we're roughly the same age and, and, and life stage. But she's always done her own thing. And she hasn't looked back. And she always, always, always brings people along with her. She's just one of those natural team builders, one of those people who listens and there's that automatic trust factor. And when she gives you advice or, you know, really thinks about what you're discussing, her, her answers are just so thoughtful and special, um, She's just a really gem of a human. So I'm really thrilled to introduce her to all of you today. Um, Brooke Lawler is an entrepreneur and co-founder of Be Here. It's a co-working space meets outdoor enrichment program for independent workers and learners. And it's launching in summer 2023 in Southern California. Be Here is on a mission to help people live less hurried lives supported by community and nature. And Brooke a little bit more about herself when she isn't working to launch Be Here or in full mom mode as a mama of three, you'll find her hosting clean crafted wine tasting to, to support. You'll find her hosting clean crafted wine tastings to support regenerative agriculture. You'll find her hosting clean crafted wine tastings to support regenerative agriculture. When I say Brooke does it all, she does it all. And she does it all well with a smile and with grace. Hi, Hi, Brooke. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I, I am fueled up on a lot of coffee today. Uh, not a lot of sleep last night, but you know the feeling. Oh yeah. I mean, permanent mom tired. It's a thing. You just, you just keep going. Yeah. But I think we have it better in California because we can get a little bit of like a suntan and that makes you look, look a little bit more awake. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. We get that glow. (laughs) Um, well, um, everybody here today, um, Brooke and I have known each other many, many years um, and through many lives as, as career professionals, as moms, as friends. Um, but I'd love to introduce you guys to Brooke herself. Um, Brooke Lawler, tell everybody about you, just like a quick bio of um, who you are and um, what you're here to chat about today. Yeah, well, I think it's good to just kind of 
explain how we met. So <laughs> Shannon and I go back a few years ago, gosh, it could even be longer now, um, from the corporate advertising world. And that's really where I got my my professional start was in advertising. Straight out of college, I went into that field, worked my way up from the real bottom feeder positions all the way to, um, you know, the, the head of marketing role at my last agency. And Shannon and I overlapped there at the last agency we were at, both um, on strategy. She was in strategy. I was in accounts. And I really loved all of my advertising experience because it isn't like a job in accounting where all you do is accounting. When you work in advertising, you get to touch a million different businesses. You get to wear a million different hats. So I feel like it prepared me better than any career for an entrepreneurial path. There's so much experience I still draw from today from that, you know, 13-year career in advertising. And, um, yeah, so that was where I got my start. And then um, a few years ago, coming up on three years ago, we made a, a big shift individually and as a family. And we're still in that. The journey is still unfolding into on more entrepreneurial path. So, Awesome. Um, that's to, my background. Can't wait to dive into it more. I have a zillion questions for you about everything you've been doing and shifting as of late. Um, but it, it's so funny because I agree with that too about advertising prepares you to take on the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, you were thrown into, especially when you're at the bottom feeder level, you were thrown into so much like cold turkey, like here, go and pitch the CEO on something or go fly to New York for this meeting. And you just know how to do things so quickly. And you, the learning curve could be great, but you are just like, I can handle it. I can take on anything. Um, but it's also hard to walk away from that too, because there's so much opportunity as you grow and go up the, the ladder. But how, how did you kind of like take that step back and be like, this isn't for me anymore. It's really a good point you make about how it's scary to step away from advertising because it's a very attractive industry. There's so much opportunity for upward movement. The culture is great. The people we work with are great. And I always say now, be careful at what you're good at because it may not be what you're meant to do. Mm-hmm. And advertising was something I was good at, but it wasn't. I always knew that little voice there that you kind of quiet. It's not your life calling. It comes with really amazing opportunities, good pay eventually, you know, as you work your way up. Um, but yeah, I, when I got to a certain level, right, when you kind of get to the top and you peek into the C-suite and you're, you get to sit at the table with the board and I had opportunities like that. And you're like, I guess I was disappointed. Like th- this is it. And as a lifelong like learner, a, a a real growth mindset, growth hacker person. I want to be around the most stimulating, exciting, inspiring people. And I just saw more of that in the entrepreneurial space. So I started to get, I guess, disenchanted with um, what the top looked like. And it got to the point where I was always ideating new businesses. We were even trying to make change inside the agency world. You remember we were working on like the parental, a better parental leave policy. And it was those things that it felt like I've described this before in a previous newsletter, like a tugboat just trying to turn around a cruise ship. And I just thought, you know what? This isn't mine to change. 
I get to do these things that I want to do when I have my own private company. And so then the moment for me was when I realized it was scarier not to make the change Mm -hmm. than it was to do the change. When I thought, and this sounds grotesque, but when I get on my my deathbed one day and I look look back, Mm -hmm. if I'm a CEO of an advertising agency, is that going to be fulfilling if I own my own agency? And and the answer was no. Mm -hmm. So um, there we kind of started over. Uh, At the time, I had a side business already and as a wine consultant, and it was just fun. It's just been fun, but um, it wasn't really what I thought I would grow into a full-on business. But we sold our home. We moved into a little tiny house on a friend's land, and we had a whole other startup that because of 2020 and many twists and turns, we didn't end up pursuing. As such goes, the entrepreneurial path. Um, but it's okay because if I knew now, like if I knew when we made that decision three years ago, where we would be today, Mm -hmm. I probably would have not done it. I would have been like, Oh, it didn't, that didn't all pan out so easily yet today I stand here and I still go, I'm glad I did it. I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad we're trying to design our life in a new way. Great. And oh gosh, please. This is life. Um, it's interesting you see that too of like, we never know what the future is going to be like. And if we know something would not work out, would we ever take that leap? Probably not. But I always look back at one of my favorite people and favorite bosses and she had two kids and she was traveling nonstop, working in advertising. And you could just see that she was never happy. And I looked at her and was like, I don't want your life. I don't want it. And I know when we worked together, you were commuting on the train for hours a day. And that was taking away from your family, probably any personal time you had to like take care of yourself in any way. And mm-hmm. then you, you roll up to a job where you're sitting at the table, but there's just no like electric charge there. You know, you, you had to do something else, regardless if it worked or not. Like you can't live life that way. Although so many people do because they think they have to. Yeah, it's not sustainable that, um, for lack of a better term, that rat race. Mm-hmm. And in in some ways, it was rechargeable because I got a nap on the train every day. <laughs> Can you imagine, right? What if you get to wake up and like go get a nap in the morning, and there was nannies and there was support and all that. And then in other ways, it was yeah, you're burning the candle at both ends. And really got to the point where I was so tired of being the mom at the park on Saturday that nobody knew. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not to say I want my whole identity as this like stay at home mom. Like that is not fulfilling for me. I like hybrids. I'm a hybrid. I'm a huge hybrid person. Yeah. But I was like, gosh, I really want to know more people in my own community. And that must've been some subconscious intention because now I sit here in a business that is very, that, that lives off of network, a network. And then that phrase of your network is your net worth could not be more true. Being more plugged in, knowing my community, like having more local mom friends, um, just being more entrenched in this area where I live. It's been the biggest paycheck from the life shift. Mm -hmm. And 
not, it's not to say I'm here, I'm like monetizing people. I mean, no. paycheck and just the way you feel and the, the, it takes a village mentality that comes forward when you invest in humans. Mm -hmm. So that's been the biggest payoff of the life switch. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too. It's a lot of people have talked about like the blue zones around the world where people live to a hundred and they attributed it for so long to diet and okay, these potatoes are only grown in this remote island in Japan, and that's why they live so long. But the studies they've done further and further, it's all about the community and how dialed in these people are to their community. That's what actually makes them live longer, keep their brains healthy, their hearts healthy, because it's all about being there for those around them. And it sounds like you're creating that space for you, and it's, it's making you guys happy. It is. It's, it's the biggest thing is community. I think we came out, we're coming out of like one of the heaviest isolation periods well, that I've known in my lifetime. And that created some like, you know, dark days, some gloomy days in the mind for sure. Um, so like there's nothing more important than, to, than like building community and finding, intentionally finding good family friends for us, yeah. for the whole family. Mm-hmm. That's, a big, that's a big priority. But um, yeah, I guess the the biggest benefit from the like the shift from corporate to entrepreneurial is mm-hmm. just that time freedom. I think when mm-hmm. you unpack everything, you're we're all pursuing that. Like some people say financial freedom or whatever it is, but at the bottom of it all, we're all pursuing. Like I get to decide what my day looks like. I don't want to wake up with an alarm clock. I, I don't ever want to wake up with an alarm clock. I'm sure there'll be exceptions, but I always want to wake up with the sun and go to bed when I'm tired. Yeah. And sure, there's timestamps for certain meetings and meals when you're hungry, but I'm loving not having this like packed calendar mm-hmm. of events that you have to do when you're in advertising. You know, you have to sit there and like just like master your day and jam more in and find pockets. And when you live like that, you're living in a permanent state of like stress, whether you're aware of it or not, you get good at it, but it's a constant little cortisol rush. And that's speaking back to the blue zone idea. People in those areas also have slower lives. Yeah. They have, you know, they're in community, they have slower lives. They make scratch food together. Yeah. They eat meals together. Yeah, they slowly exist. They're more mindful and intentional about their time. And that's really what I'm after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when you sort of stop getting paid, like when you work in a corporate job, it's like you're getting paid for hours spent on this work. Yeah. That's fine. But like there's so much more value in getting quote unquote paid to be with your kids to have time for yourself to like ideate a new business idea like Mm -hmm. that is so much more fulfilling than the actual like dollar you'd be getting yeah and and i'm i'm sort of unlocking this like there's money everywhere like there's ways to make money everywhere and when you get out of the paycheck the salary that 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 mindset the employee mindset you can start to kind of go, oh, wow, like there's different ways to monetize all over and hopefully get to a place of 
passive income that just yeah. money makes money while you sleep. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the dream. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's so funny when I, I was considering like, do I you know shift over full time? Do I do this? Do I take this leap? Aaron was like, come to the bright side with me. And I was like, bright side. It's kind of like the dark side because it's like, you know, it's, yeah, I, it's unfamiliar. It's, it's, you know, I, is this worth the risk? And he's like, Shannon, it's the bright side because it's awesome. And you get to live your life to your schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I witnessed you do it for so long. And I just, to see your journey, I'm just like, she's, she's figuring it out. And I love, like, I'd love to watch you figure it out. <laughs> like, I mean, cause it's an example for me and to so many. Um, but I know that like, there's been a couple of big changes. I'd love to like talk about specifically, like you started this wine consultant business as a side hustle, but it has grown and you have a massive like team. You have done an alternate plan for your kiddos for school. And then you guys have a whole new business venture. So there's so much to tackle. Where do you want to kind of dive into first? Yeah. Um, okay. So all the, yeah. So the wine business is, like I said, it was just a side hustle. And then it got to this point where, it, uh, should I build this or not? And I think I had a lot of fear about having a team and, and it's a direct sales business model. So you, you really don't have employees, but I think I had some like, some stress that I would be managing people. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know, but you're um, an amazing manager. I'm just going to throw that in. <laughs> yeah. But it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't bad. It's not, yeah, it's not the same. And you know, like it, it it's just, uh, everybody's still an independent and you're just there to mentor. Mm-hmm. And so I found that that was okay. It wasn't the same as corporate world. You're they're on their own. They got to do what they need to do to make the most out of the business. And I'm just here to help guide. And so once I got over that, yes, then the team started to grow a lot. 2020 hit and everybody was drinking and e-commerce wine businesses did very well. Ours specifically did very well. So that was a huge increase. Um, And then I'm like, okay, well, let's do this because I can fit it around my family. I can go to wine tastings on weeknights and weekends. Like I don't have to compromise that like 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. park date time that I really enjoy with you know, doing with friends. So that's been huge in, um, still having a, like a piece of identity and professionalism that I need. Is it my life calling? No, but I know it was the conduit to everything because now as we are really in our final startup venture with, uh, what we call be here, co-working space meets outdoor enrichment. It's amazing to see every resource, every advisor, every solution mm-hmm. appear because of the network that I created right. through the wine. And I wouldn't have had that if I stayed in advertising and I had my, well, you see the same like 12 people every day mm-hmm. in advertising. Mm-hmm. And you don't know that many people when you're going to an office and you literally have walls all around you. So that those two, they work in beautiful harmony. I try to only pick things now that how does this venture support my true dream, which is to launch this um, community of independent workers and learners. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't somehow fit, I can't, I got to start saying no. Yeah. 
uh, or else it will deter the goal. The goal it'll take longer. Yeah. The past uh, three years, have you kind of felt like you had to say yes to a lot? Yes, I did. They did. And I, I had took on some consulting and I had all, I had too much. And so I'm kind of chewing the chopping block now. And you said no to me recently, which made me think of it. Like when I asked if you were still doing strategy work, because I had a referral for you. And that, and I love that. Whenever I talk, ask someone something and they say no, mm-hmm. I go, good, good boundary. Like I get like a, like a rise out of being around women that can say no, because it's not really where you said something like, it's not really what I'm focusing on now. And I was just like, yes. Okay, good. Like happy with that answer. I'm not even bummed. But probably a year, year and a half ago, I would have been like, how do I make this work? How do I not sleep? And how do I take this on for my friend? You know? And I think like when you kind of know your lane, you stay in it and you're not looking at like, Ooh, it's like light up sign. Maybe I should turn left and go here. Yeah. You got to get those blinders on, right? Like what the horses mm-hmm. have in the race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know the term, but you know yeah. what I'm talking about. They can't yeah. see to the left or the right. You can't right. look over your shoulder. Narrow focus. Run your race. So I don't know if I answered your question. I feel like I maybe packed in a bunch. No, no. This is a, hey, this is a conversation. It's going to flow. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's the theme of community just keeps rising in your life. Like you develop the, the wine community mm. and, you know, probably unexpectedly tapped into so many people within that organization, uh, you know, farmers markets, like pe- people just, you wouldn't have encountered normally, but you're so glad you did. And they're just fueling not only your life and your family's life, but you know, your, your ultimate dream and what, what you guys really have your, your mind and, and your heart set on. Um, so it just, you know, it seems like community was your calling and you, and you, you were amazing doing it in the corporate world of like bringing people together and ideas together. But like you're saying like that, that in the beginning, like that was your gift from that role. And like, you've taken that now into your life and now you're building the ultimate community. Right. Like you're right. Like how could I, I use those skills, but I couldn't impact as many people because mm-hmm. it was a closed, uh, just a closed tight circle. So yeah. the, you mentioned farmer's markets and I, I'm recalling how amazing that time was because it really pushed me out of my comfort zone. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're sitting there talking to really complete strangers and as good as I can be, you know, in the pitch room and 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 improv and extemporaneously speaking, I really am not an extrovert. I'm an like intro extrovert. I like like ten people that I already kind of know in a dinner mm-hmm. setting. Then, for sure, I might ramble too long. But in like big groups or that cold setting, oh, I get so tired from it. So mm-hmm. I had to push push through that. And I've met some of my best friends, like from because of the farmers market, they were that they were either there or mm-hmm. they introduced me to somebody else, right? They were maybe one or two degrees away from somebody that I was just meant to meet, mm-hmm. and that that's really rewarding. I think the theme is, yeah, there's community, and then there's this like the word comfort, just breaking out of your comfort 
Yeah. I'm going to make this whole C alliteration here. And then just being consistent with that, like just, yeah. just getting out of your comfort zone, consistently doing that. Mm-hmm. And now I've gotten to the po- place where I, I want to be allergic to being comfortable. Like just, like just keep pushing past like fears and pe- pushing past comfort because there's so much gold on the other side. That's where you mm-hmm. get just so much, le- so many lessons, so many blessings. Just when we get out of our own way. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's sort of like watching children play and when they don't have those, those barriers or boundaries, they Mm -hmm. have creativity and openness for everything, you know, and like to take that and be able to live your life that way is amazing. You're, you're trying things for the first time that probably feel like a struggle, but you're going to feel amazing afterwards. Just like a kid going down the slide the first time would, would feel. Yeah. It's interesting that you say, bring up the kid thing because I was just talking with a woman that owns her own um, nature school on the East coast, just interviewing, getting advisors on all things for our be here business. She talked about how kids actually a lot of kids don't actually know how to play like free play, like the way we, they do, yeah, yeah. They, they need a little guidance, a little structure. And I thought about that a lot, how being an entrepreneur is just like this open playing field. And sometimes it's like par- paralyzing because you, no one's telling yeah. you what to do. And similarly in, um, as a kid, depending on the educational structure you put them in, either they're going to step into a classroom where everything is prescribed or they might be, you might be at like a Waldorf school where like it's way more free play, way more open. And I learned from this educator that most people, kids are people, we're all just versions of it, different ages. They need a little bit of guidance, they need a little bit of boundaries to then be wild and free. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that was so it resonated so much with me. And I thought about the, the creative brief back, bringing it back to advertising. Yeah. How a good brief doesn't overly prescribe. It's not um, overly prescriptive or laborious and wordy and long, but if it's too bare, then everyone's looking at you with like, uh, I don't know how to walk out of this room and succeed on this campaign. Right. And so I'm just been like, running that idea in my mind a lot lately where like life that's just life like give yourself enough of an environment for success enough boundaries that sandbox to play in yeah not too much um so i'm just that's really what the journey i'm on is how to like sit within a space of enough limitations and constraints um but also enough space to just create without feeling too confined and it's tricky. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's a really great analogy because I would have never really thought about that, especially from a school that, you know, I, I don't know too much about different school methods or ways, but, you know, I think nature school and I think, you know, playing, like m- playing make-believe, jumping in puddles, you know, like getting out there with nature and like feeling connected to it. But yeah, I mean, I guess to to have a little bit of here's how we do this or a little bit of instruction or a little bit. So it's not a completely loose rope. It's not a tight yeah. rope. 
but it's, you know, it's there, but that's also a great way to, to think about life, like how you're, you know, taking it to heart because, you know, you, <laughs> I can see so many people who even I, I've worked with who, if they don't receive enough direction, just sit there. There's no, it's hard enough as it is to take action on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. without having someone sort of guide you along the way, like in your ear or a boss or something like most people don't know how to take that next step or they can take that one step and then they like, don't go further. Um, you know, which is what, what I do when I coach people, I help people also like stay accountable and, you know, to, to move forward to get to the goal that they want or to change the behavior that they want. Um, but if you say you have to follow this plan and you can never have a potato chip again, then people are like, whatever. But if you give them no action yep. plan, then they still feel like whatever, but it's like that happy balance you have to fall yeah. in. So and you probably get in that a lot with coaching people that are really looking for you to tell them what to do. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're probably just trying to unlock some clarity that's already inside them. Right. I'm just putting words in your, in no. your, but no. it is, like, you know what to do. Yeah. How do we find that inside of you, that conviction? Cause you already know what to do. Most of the time people know they just don't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like that, 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 um, what's it? Action paralysis. Um, because yeah, like I don't want someone to be my client forever. Uh, you know, I want to get them to where they need to go. And if there's, we get to that point and there's other things we want to work on. Great. Um, or there's like a big thing they want to prepare for and we work on it for a period of time. Cool. But like, I don't want to work with someone for five years you know, because then I'm not doing my job effectively and they're not, you know, they're not moving the needle on their end. They're just paying me and that's not worth it on either side. And I want to ask you a question on your coaching business. Your, your like a unique special sauce is helping people make big change, right? Is that what you would say? Yeah. Yes. That are contemplating big shifts like this that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it could be in a couple of areas, it, you know, f- for me helping, especially the, the corporate female, because I've had so much experience, you know, you know, either you're emerging in your career or you've hit the top and you're like, what do, what do I do? This is not it. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. and also that what comes along with that, you know, it's, it's the burnout. It's the ordering takeout all the time. It's the, I don't have time to take care of myself. I got office, but, um, you know, know, just like, that's so good. Oh my gosh. That's like a flat mom, butt, but office, butt. yeah, office, but you're making me like want to clench my cheeks right now. <laughs> After having the twins, I like definitely like looked in the mirror in the side profile. I'm like, Aaron, I've got office butt. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, but you know, it's like everything that like falls apart when your career is moving forward. You know, and how do you how do you yeah. fix that part of that too? Because you know, there there comes a point where you you get confident enough in yourself and what you're doing, where you're like, this is who I am, and this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I do it. 
but it takes a lot of people a long time to get to that place. So. Absolutely. And we cannot do it all. We can have it all just not at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we have to get real with, we have to outsource certain things. Yeah. Right. Like there's just no way around that. There's as a, as women who are driven and want to be as much hands-on with our, kids and in our kitchen, right? Like you and you and I are very similar in that way. Like the food we eat being whole food, eating right. Like you cannot do all that. So you have to go, what am I willing to outsource? And what is like, no, non-negotiable for me. Like I'm hands-on on this. And that, yeah. that's the dance I'm always dancing on, you know, like yeah. uh, I'm, what? I'm homeschooling my kids. And I'm like, is that really sustainable how do I still, what's behind that? It's what's behind that is a custom education, like a really custom education. I don't need to be the one that does it all. You know, so that's, that's the the goal is like, how do we call in the village for, but, but to still achieve the goal. Right. Right. So then how does that kind of play into be here and this new model of like working and learning and living? Yeah, so we won't have the living portion. I know I had much of that before, but we'll have um, the working and learning. So you think of WeWork meets YMCA, but outdoors, very open air. So we're, we're looking to um, find like a land sponsor and we don't really want to buy land. And then we'll set up open air uh, co-working spaces and adjacent to that very much nature, forest, school services. And I hesitate to use the word school because I really am not responsible for anyone's education. Like our, our program isn't, I'm definitely not, but <laughs> enrichment services. What I've found in, um, especially specifically where I live, specifically where I live, um, there's a lot of entrepreneurs. There's a lot of independent workers, remote workers in this area. And there's a lot more people coming to what I like to call alternative education. It's like the term homeschooling doesn't even cut it anymore. Some people are on IEPs. Some people are doing hybrid programs. Some people are doing home education, but it doesn't look like the way it used to look. It's not this like perfect stay at home mom that sets up a classroom at her dining room table. Like it's a lot of pods and drop-offs and if there's so much, it's so different now. And either you're working from home and doing all this stuff in your home and you're living in it really hard, like those walls are screaming for you to get out or you're driving here, you know, we're going to an office, your husband's going to an office, you're dropping the kid off here, you're dropping there. Those are the two worlds I see. And they're neither are very sustainable. It's either you're overly busy and overly scheduled or you're completely taxed inside your home. And so we really wanted to create a space where people could go to still be an adult and like use, you know, have your deep productive flow Mm -hmm. um, while you put your kid in enrichment service. And we're going to focus more on nature-based services and the arts for now. Mm -hmm. As far as academic stuff that we won't, we won't touch that for a while. People can academically do what they want for their kid, whether it's, you know, traditional school and they come after or it's homeschooling and they do it on their own. Um, But really just supplementing and filling in the gaps where people need a little bit of help, but they still want to be together as a family a little more on the same, on the same soil, just 
And then we're, we're bringing in lunch. We're bringing in a really nutritious lunch in the middle of the day. We actually just got um, a, a great partner. They're called School of Lunch. They will be doing the lunches. They use um, whole foods, nutrition, and very ancestral type eating. And that's going to be the sponsor for our um, our kitchen. Like the, That's going to be the food that the that the people of all ages will come together and eat this meal and think about just lunch. If that's all we did for people that had nine to fives and their kids were off in programs all day, if if they got to see their kids at noon for a really healthy meal, well, that would do a lot for the brains, for the productivity, for the cementing more of your family culture. So we're starting there with lunch. Amazing. Amazing. And, it, and it's forcing working people to take that break and be outside and connect with each other. Yes. Like that literally is, is a, dr- a dream. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's just when you can let your guard down. Cause I mean, you know, a, a middle of the day office lunch is like, ah, I'm going to grab this. We'll sit in the kitchen together. We'll talk to a couple of people, but like, we're going to revert back to talking about work like this. You cannot do that. You were actually taking that break and being together. Yeah. And hopefully you don't have a whole bunch of coworkers in this situation. It's independent. Mm-hmm. You're an independent worker. Like for you, yeah. you know, you can come there and you can get some of your administrative stuff done and your, your children could be off having um, some workshop or some lesson, depending on what was a fit for what their needs are. And you would be able to know they're near, but not be with them. Say together, but apart. <laughs> yeah. That's, so that's amazing. That's the vision. It is, it's going to happen. It has to happen. So many people need it. We need it. It's just, just always a matter of exactly when. And so we always say these things are inevitable, but um, traction and capital and all of that will just make things go faster or slower. But I still think consumer behavior has shifted so much in your favor for this. Like people still aren't back in offices and many who are are still kind of afraid to be there. You know, like they want their own space. They want fresh air. They don't want too many people around. And frankly, they're sick of the office culture. Like they haven't had to do it for a couple of years and it's exhausting. Yes, it's so true. Like we have so much, the timing is really good. And I, I I see it as like a bridge from a very divisive time. It's like, it brings in so many different, hopefully it serves a lot of different people and it doesn't look like, you know, one type. Um, but yeah, I do think it, it will meet a need for many. Yeah. That, and whether you're just the person that needs a place to go work and you want to see some humans, or you're, you're like, you're all in and your kids are going to be there too. And you're going to be there a full day, every day of the week. It's, it's, um, customizable in that way. Yeah. Yeah. The interesting thing is like when we saw each other every day, I was in the rat race of like LA preschools and honestly, it was so stupid. Um, you know, everyone was like trying to sell you on something. You're paying a fortune for these tuitions and you, you have to sell yourself as a family. And, and it just was too much. And, and my husband 
hated it. He hated, hated, hated. He was like, this is not us. But I was like, this is the only option. This is it. And we've come so full circle of like, all that matters is play and like literally come home a mess, destroy your clothes, come home with paint everywhere. You got purple hair in your paint. We can't get out for a week. I don't care. Um, And the summer we were trying to send Ellis to an, like an adventure camp, a nature camp. It just like logistically couldn't work because it was all the way out in Agora Hills and it was like all day and like no one could pick him up from there. So we were so bummed, but like every day the whole summer was packed. I was like, can I sign up and go here? Cause it was just like all these different activities outside that like at the end of the day, he would come home filthy and exhausted. And like, that's all that, that, that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I think just like, you know, sort of stepping away from what, school is to what children actually need developmentally and socially and emotionally too. So smart too, because I don't think the traditional view of school is going to be around here for too long. I think people will have a major shift. Yep. I, I really am excited to see it. Like I always wanted remote working to be the thing years ago. And it was like, I felt like I was the only one taking that working from home and to many people's I'm sure judgment. And then it happened, you know, of course, under circumstances we didn't want, but like it happened. That was a silver lining of everything. And then like school, it's like you, if you look at the future of work, the future of education always follows it. It's, it's a little, and, and right now they're a little bit, um, behind. Yeah. So that was our really big decision when it came to like education. It's like, well, Finn would have been going into kindergarten like in 2020 and that wasn't what I wanted for his kindergarten experience. So, um, but anyways, we really looked at like, okay, we, we stepped away from corporate world. We stepped away from being butts and seats. So it felt inconsistent and incongruent to then say, then we want you to go do that. When we saw education a little bit behind in that, not to say that there aren't amazing schools, amazing teachers. The hugest thing for me was the length of the day and the rigor and the homework. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's, it's like, I'm not going to see my kid for 30 hours a week. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't feel comfortable with that at this point in time. And so I just, you just like, okay, how do we foster entrepreneurialism? How do we have more time flexibility? What if we are able to work wholly, totally remotely and we want to go be in another state or another country? What are we going to do about our kids? So just setting the, the foundation for that for them early on was really a huge attractive um, attribute in homeschooling. So we always, we like to say that be here is, is, embracing the future of work and the future of education and intentionally by design by putting the kids and the adults on the same soil it's important it's not just because it's convenient and saves us drive time your children need to see you inspired and alive and loving what you do right if they're only seeing you in the home like ripping out your hair and like complaining about laundry that doesn't look they don't want to do that when they're older, right? They, if they see, but if they see their mom coming out of a meeting or off a call with a spark in her eyes when they, they're meeting for lunch or their father, um, and then you similarly, you see your kid running 
running in from a session looking alive like like it's just an energy thing it's a what do they call that in silicon valley the adjacent possible back when all the all the startups were starting and they were near each other and they were vibing off each other and it's like they're just sharpening each other i think of that for the the energy and the vibe i want to be here i want both the children and the adults to just pull inspiration from each other yeah i think it's so powerful of you know being that good example to not only your kids but the other kids in the community of like you know loving what you do feeling inspired by what you do my my sister-in-law is a top oncologist and granted it doesn't it's not a career that allows her to be home as much but she would always say when her kids were young, like they'll understand someday, they'll understand why I do this. Um, and now her kids are 15 and my niece was just in town over the weekend and she's so proud of her mom because she gets it now. She's like, my mom is out there saving lives mm -hmm. and she does it for others. It's not for herself. It's not for glory. It is because she's so good and she loves, loves, loves what she does. Mm -hmm. And she is just so proud of her mom, you know? And it's like to be able to create a space where, um, where kids can see that every day on all the adults around them. And that's just so special. It's so, so, so special. Yeah. It, it's important because not everybody is going to be able to or be called to pursue um, entrepreneurial jobs that like we're talking about here that are, oh, I have an online business or I'm in real estate or I can work wherever. Like we quite frankly, obviously need oncologists and we need doctors and we need people that are are going to go out of the home and and their kids are going to go, where's mommy and daddy, but we need those people for society to function. And so your story just there was like, um, just made me like, it humbled me because I, we were in the ER for Matt's thing, you know, his throat thing the other day. And you can edit this out if you want. It's weird, but it's like, I was sitting around looking at all of the medical professionals going, these people could never enjoy be here. They could never come to a co-working space and put their kid in a program, but we need them. So I'm really grateful they're here. Uh, and so, yeah, that just was a, a sobering realization. Like we can sit here. It's a, it's a privilege is what I'm saying to be able to choose to go, I'm going to go make money in a different way. And I'm going to go educate my kids in a different way. That's a huge privilege. Right. But they could be maybe part of the audience of you know, hearing about this experience for kids and as the, the enrichment program grows for kids, maybe it's a spot for them so they could still be a part of it. I'm trying to expand your audience too soon here. No, no, no. You know, and you know what, if we're just going to spitball and like ID, cause it's always fun to do that. We actually have a doctor on our um, board of advisors. She's mm -hmm. a doctor of physical therapy, but she has a bunch of other credit uh, accreditations too. And, um, We've talked about this, about growing the, the, I guess the, the wellness side more where a lot of parents have to go to different appointments for their kids. And eventually could there be a health hut on site where if you're a practitioner, all different kinds, 
just like any other gig worker, you, this is your space. You don't maybe go need to, you don't need a hot desk with Wi-Fi, but maybe you have access to base a, a room that's set up with all the medical things you need and you're just renting hours there. Um, and could that really help a parent that needs to, you know, get their kid in for a physical or a lot of kids with special needs need special, um, physical therapies. Um, and so we we talked a lot about that because I have three other friends that have come to me and said, my kid with special needs would do so well here. Are you going to have anything like that? And it's like, my mind's not there, but I'm like, well, you most likely should because yeah. those are the children that there's nothing wrong with them. They learn and they exist in a different way and they're gifted, but they, a lot of them need to run free and some of yeah. them need to, need to be loud. Um, and they just don't fit in the box. Yeah. And, and I learned this from a friend of mine um, and her, her kiddo is, is older and he, he actually thrives. Like he goes to like a recreational school as a teen because being outside is very calming uh, for him and, and what he's got going on. But um, it's just, yeah, it's, so much of what's going on in schools, especially today, especially with budget cuts and condensing classrooms and, and also making, I think a kindergarten classroom in our local kindergarten is 27 kids, which is crazy. Um, and one teacher, uh, you know, like, yeah. Like how do, how do you expect a kindergartner to thrive in, in an environment like that? So, you know, I think the conversation is starting to shift. Like you're saying it is behind, but people are looking for alternate options of like, how do we find community and and education? How do we find community in this new world of work? And like, Mm -hmm. what is our new world order? Right. Yeah. Just don't go it alone. Like, like how do we be separate, but together, even as how do we work and not feel isolated how do how do we provide a private education for our kids that doesn't cost an arm and a leg like a four year university, but then doesn't leave them also isolated? That's really you back to the community word that you brought up. It's true. That's really what sits behind a lot of it is bringing a village together to support one another, um, because it just doesn't really exist. I mean, it. I mean, you can make your own. You can definitely go call in the help, but there aren't a whole lot of structures and systems that I yeah. see. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> it's dependent on who is available, not who is here for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and I say that being someone who like lives here without any family here. And it's like, it's a whole different ball game than, than friends whose families are here and you can call in or, you know, you live somewhere where you know your neighbors and you're like, I need you for an hour. Yeah. Uh, you do know, you guys, do you guys have um, like a good network of support? Like you got, you have some nannies that you like. We do. We do. And they're amazing. But, you know, we also respect boundaries of like where we may need help all day on a Saturday, but we're not, you already worked all week. You know, we give you your life and your space and, and all that. And my mom could only fly in so much. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's still different and it's, we had the friends who didn't have kids who could help 
for a while. And now everyone seems to have, you know, <laughs> and they're young and like they are living their own lives and figuring it out on their own. So I think that's, that's the tough part about, you know, Aaron and I've always talked about like building community and how do we do that? And it, it was always, it seemed like it was always like, Oh, when we get to school age, that's when we'll find our people like that's it. Yeah. But then we took some, you know, shifts in direction for school and didn't find our people. And then plus the pandemic, like no one was out there being like, Hey, how are you? Right. And I was, I was the mom who wasn't able to do pick up and drop off. Like no one knew who yeah. mom was. Right. <laughs> so, and that's like a really crappy feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's coming. You're going to find it. You guys can come that's- to be here. <laughs> um, yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's when you said the schools, like, oh, when we have a school or when it made me think about that, like the, a lot of the times we mistake like a neighborhood or a school or some people go to church, like as community and, but, but they're just walls, you know, they're just buildings with people sometimes. That's not what community is. Community is really an intentional choice to be like, okay, we're going to come together around these shared values and we're covering each other. Um in these ways. And, and yeah, just to assume that you can move into a neighborhood you love, or you can find a school you love or some kind of spiritual place of worship and that you're automatically just going to have a community is I think, you know, a little bit of the lie and have to intentionally craft this stuff. Yep. Just like we have to intentionally design the life that we want. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't. It doesn't. And then I think I realized that, you know, kind of coming out of the pandemics, we moved to the Valley, like literally March of 2020. Um, and so we <laughs> uprooted our whole lives and moved here. And then it was like, oh, this when this next thing happens, or when this next thing happens, like we'll yeah. build it. And then it was like, no, this is not happening. So I, when I realized that I can't like <laughs> emphasize enough, like how, extroverted I've had to make myself be to like being like see families walking in the neighborhood and introducing myself and here's what's your phone number and like let's get together and you know like really taking action to make that happen because like we were talking about before like if you're not taking action to to build or grow what's around you and what you want to be around you then like nothing's gonna happen yeah the taking the number as an adult it's like a it's like a dating fear, even though that's how you get to know someone and ask for their number. Like we were camping last, last week and Matt met a couple dudes. He really liked the neighboring campsites and we're packing up to leave. He's like, I, I should have got their numbers, you know, but like you could see he was nervous and I was like, just go get, go get their numbers. So he walked over there and as cute. I heard him like, Hey, can I, uh, can I get your numbers? And, and then they were like, yeah, well, like call us up when you're in the central coast. And it was, they made surf dates and all that. And it was so, so cute. Honey, I'm still on this call. I got a kid here. Okay. All right. I'll be out in a few minutes. Okay. And I'll solve it. Will you close the door and I'll come out and help you in a few minutes. Okay. Fine dad, honey. I'll give it a few seconds so you can delete that out. <laughs> no. um, well, I just have a couple of questions just at the end, more on you of like how, like, 
you have been on a journey the past three years. Like, how do you take that time for yourself? Like, I know it's so hard to do that, but like, what are your moments of peace? Yes. Okay. So I am, there's a few different things. This is a really simple one that I want to provide as a tip to all moms that I do. And there's many things I do. I, I do some yoga. I get away for girls nights. Like I'm pretty good about that stuff, but drink your hot, your, let me say this again. Okay. So here's the thing that I do to just have a moment for myself. And it's not a lot of time and everyone can do it. Drink your coffee hot and alone somewhere in the morning. Like, just do that for yourself. I remember before coming a mom hearing women say things like, oh, I've reheated my coffee three times or I found it cold. And I'm always like, why? Why? It's not that, like, set one boundary for yourself and be almost a bitch about it. Pardon my French. But it's like, when my kids come up to me in the morning and my coffee is warm and they're asking me to get up and get water or this or that, I'm like, my, I'm drinking my coffee. I go sit out on the bench on the front patio. I'm like, I'm drinking my coffee right now. I'll be with you when I'm done. And like, I'll have my journal out or sometimes I'm just staring. I'm like, I drink, mom drinks her coffee hot. And yeah. that's my rule. So that's kind of what, how I start my day is like, that's, that's a hard, fast rule in my house. Yeah. That's awesome. And then, you know, then sometimes you need, I need a minute in the middle of the day. It's like, you don't, there's not just one thing. It's not a girl's trip. It's like, you need three things a day. You need like something in the morning. And then it's like, oh my gosh, take the kids away for even 30 minutes. And then it's something at night sometimes or it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go sneak off because one of my friends is free and we're going to have a glass of wine. So I don't do as much as I should. So that's why I'm sharing that. But I am fortunate that I have a business right now that does give me a social outlet. So if I had a tasting, I feel like, oh, I got a wine tasting tonight. Bye. Mommy's got to work. And I still feel like I'm getting girlfriend time, even though I'm, I'm working. So that's how I take care of me in small ways. Good. Good. You know what? I'm still trying to get to the point where I can like sneak away and be like, girl's night. I gotta just, I just need to learn by example for you. Like this is, this is happening. I'm going out. I'm going to do this. Um, because kids will sleep and it's just nice to kind of have that break where you're like, just no one's crawling on you. (laughs) And And you, they're young, your babies are young. So sometimes it's just really the guilt of getting away and feeling like everything is going to be okay. It is makes it hard to relax. Totally. It it will pass. They will grow up. (laughs) Not too fast. Um, And my last question, my last question I asked everybody uh, it's a random one, but if you had a button and it just would sit by you all the time and you pressed it and it could do one thing for you, what would it do? Yeah, it would be like a, a, a calm button and it would either, I guess this isn't one thing, but I love this question. It's like so many ideas of what this button could do. But I think sometimes we just need a calm reset in the house. Like it's whether it's the motions, like everybody's crazy, mm-hmm. intense, or if I could have it be a, like it's smart and it decides a house reset physically, like the house is chaotic. So a, from chaos to calm, is it the humans 
or is it the like environment that needs a little bit of a reset? That's the button I'd hit. It's not that it's always cleaning or that it's all whatever. It's just like, let's, let's put some calm in this house and get some of the crazy out. That's what I'd have it do. I like that. I like the reset button. Do you know what your button would look like? I, I saw it as a big red button because of like the old easy button when you said that. But, you know, if I were to design it, I'd probably make it like a blue green color that would look like a piece of art on the wall and I like, could hit it. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of blend in. Yeah. And yes. I like that. I'm going to, I, um, I'm going to try to invent that button for my <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I feel like we could keep talking and talking and maybe it's a wine. Um, but it's so good to see your face too. I missed you. Yeah, I know. Let's do it again. Okay. I want to ask you more questions for my podcast. I'm not actually doing a podcast, but I am doing a newsletter that has audio in it. So, Oh yes. We do a, another interview that we can, we can take from that and use it for that. And you can use it for what you need. Awesome. And then one last thing, speaking of newsletter, where can people sign up for the newsletter and where else can people find you online? Yes. So I have, um, my wine page is at wine for good with underscores, wine underscore four underscore good on Instagram. And then um, uh, I'm on Substack. The, the Substack page is be here. And then the website is www.behere.re. So one's wine, one's co-working space. They're all going to be one big thing very soon. Yeah. And, uh, and I have to say that Aaron reads the newsletters when they come out and he's always like, Shannon, come here. This is so well-written. This is so well-written comment every time. So, um, good. Awesome. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you for your time and talk later. Thanks Shannon. Bye. Bye. See what I told you. An amazing, amazing conversation with Brooke. We learned so much about community and creating it yourself, finding it for yourself, and how important it is for your day-to-day well-being and your long-term wellness. I feel like I could have asked Brooke so many more questions, and you guys probably could too, because she's just so knowledgeable in so many different areas and She's someone who knows herself and knows what's really important for her and her family and what's going on with her life. Uh, And I think we can all learn some really deep lessons from that. So uh, just to reiterate where Brooke can be found, uh, website, behere.re, B-E-H-E-R-E.re. Same Instagram handle, at behere underscore re. And if you're interested in I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Side of Syrup. If you love this episode as much as I did, head on over and rate and review and subscribe so you never miss the next one. Also, if you know someone who would love this episode or podcast in general, send it to them too. Thank you. New episodes go up on Tuesdays. Thanks for tuning in. I can't wait to hang out with you again soon. Bye.